family, I'm so happy to announce the launch of my brand new premium podcast. It's called Ideas That Matter Plus. This is an exciting new development that we've been working on for some time. This after seeing a lot of you request coming through saying thank you for what we've done and wanting more. Ideas That Matter Plus is a more targeted podcast that focuses on business strategies and more high-level thinking to help highly ambitious entrepreneurs, SMEs, business owners and founders, even the CEOs of big business. It only costs 450 Rand per month and will be coming in, but I mean coming in hot. So, subscribe now to Ideas That Matter Plus, now available on Spotify or Apple Podcast Store. Sayonara. This podcast is proudly brought to you by My Growth Fund in partnership with Sound and Sounds Media. To have your podcast recorded, send an email to info at soundandsounds.co.za. That's info at s-o-u-n-d-a-n-d-s-o-u-n-d-s dot co dot today. Hello, Vosi. This is Craig Madaza from Zimbabwe. I'm a student currently studying in the UK. I'm 20 years of age. I just wanted to thank you for all your podcasts. They have really helped me a lot. And, you know, I once heard someone say that a good role model doesn't inspire you to be like them, but they inspire you to be a better you. And that's exactly what these podcasts have done for me. So thank you. It's time to take your seat at the table. Find out how with Vosi Tembeguayo as we discuss ideas that matter. A catalyst for bold action. Hello, family, and welcome to another episode of the VT Podcast, Ideas That Matter. Last week, we had a conversation about the Imago, and of all the feedback we've received, I must confess, we've never received feedback that was this brutally honest. Feedback where all of you dared and ventured into the depths of your heart, spoke the unspoken truths, the hidden realities that we don't want to face and we don't want to look at even if it's just ourselves in the room. And so to all of you, those of you who had the courage to venture deep into the conversation we had last week about the Imago, I want to say thank you to those of you who had the courage to contact us and share stories about how the things and conversations I shared last week had reflected, found resonance and expression in your life. I want to say thank you as well. It wasn't an easy conversation, and like I said last week, we spent a lot of time thinking hard about how do we present that conversation in a manner that was educational, uplifting, but equally reflective. And reflective conversations, if you've learned nothing else through this podcast, are very, very difficult. Today then, I want to move on to a conversation that is a bit more lighthearted, a bit more smiley, and should bring some joy into your life. And just before we start, I want to dedicate today's episode to my little daughter, Amathe, who has just turned the tender age of nine years old. She reminds me, by the way, that she's nine every single time we have a conversation because I still call her daddy's little girl, and she insists I should take the word little out of that description. So, I want to talk today about beauty. 
B-E-A-U-T-Y. Beauty. That word can be shallow, but it can also be so deep. The things that we define as beautiful. Now, you can look at something with the eye of lust and say, Oh, that's beautiful. Or you can look at something through the eye of your heart, the eye of Ra in you. You can look at it through your third eye and go, that is beautiful. Often when we look at things at the surface and we see them as aesthetically appealing, the word that typically comes to mind is pretty. We go, hmm, that's pretty. But if you want to look at something deeply, understand it deeply, look not only at how it presents itself aesthetically, but also how it presents itself at a cellular spiritual level, the soul, you often define it as beautiful. And so, every single time I talk to my little girl, I tell her, and this is a true story, she'll tell you that she hears this from me at least five times a day. I tell her all the time that she is the most beautiful girl in the world. Every single time. In the early days, when she was younger, I used to tell her so that she would give me kisses. I'm one of those dads who's very affectionate, and I could get 500 kisses from my daughter, and it still wouldn't be enough. And I suspect, like most of you parents listening to this conversation, you want to get kisses from your child, and they, like, put you on kisses quota. So if they've given you a kiss 20 minutes ago, and you ask for another one, they remind you that 20 minutes ago they just gave you a kiss. So it's kind of like, not enough time has lapsed, Dad. Leave me alone. But, see, when I talk about beautiful, looking at my little girl, it's often the way her eyes sparkle when she looks at me. It's the way she could just look up at me, and it doesn't matter what problems I have. They disappear. It doesn't matter what challenges I'm facing. They cease to exist. She has this incredible, uncanny ability to smile at me, and time slows down. Often, it actually just stops. And when she, as she does sometimes, if she allows herself to show emotion, uh, she falls right into my arms and like collapses her chest into mine, gives me a big bear hug, and stops counting time. In that moment, our souls connect. And the only word to explain it is beautiful. So here's what I wanted to ask you today. What is beauty? If you really think about it, when you look at something and you say, hmm, that's beautiful, what is that? I think what it is, is a connection deeper than just what the eye can see. And so the word you use to explain it, the word you use to explain this connection, that's cellular and spiritual, this connection where two souls connect, is beautiful. And something can't be beautiful, really, unless we see ourselves reflected in that thing. So how do you see yourself reflected in something external of you? Set aside, for instance, that it might be a family member, a child, or a partner, or a, you know, a sibling. But let's imagine you saw an inanimate object. You saw a, I don't know, your favorite home, for instance. And you didn't see it as a house, you saw it as a home. And you said, that is beautiful. I think 
It becomes beautiful when you put yourself in it. It becomes beautiful when you see yourself as a part of the thing you're looking at. So the home is beautiful because you can see yourself living in it, existing in it, finding happiness in it. When you meet a potential partner and you get to the point where you've connected and you know, you're a lady and you find yourself saying he's such a beautiful man. I think what it is you mean is that you see yourself in him. When we as men get to the point where you're describing your partner to the boys, and guys find it very difficult to do this, right? Because when you're with the boys, you're supposed to be macho. But when you allow yourself that moment to just drop your shoulders, take a deep breath and say, boys, she's beautiful. I think what you mean is you see yourself in her, that you see your vulnerability and your strengths reflected in her. So the first point then about beauty is it requires, if nothing else, courage. We can't really see something as beautiful unless we're courageous enough to surrender ourselves to whatever it is, surrender our hopes, our dreams, our ambitions. Surrender even our own strengths, the idea that I can make it happen, but rather give that to the universe and say the universe will make it happen for me. But I, I'm here. I'm fully committed to the process and I will go through the process because I find it beautiful, whatever it might be. The second thing about beauty is I actually genuinely think Beauty exists outside the construct of time. You ever notice how there's certain things that are just beautiful, and one of the ways you know that is all the way through time they accumulate in value. Now, time is an incredible idea because one of the things time does is it eats away at currency. So, for instance, the value of the dollar 30 years ago is not the value of the dollar today. Even the idea of the price of gold has oscillated over time. But gold is just not the same price or doesn't find the same value today as it did 30 years ago. And that value is determined by what community and society agrees is the consensus value of gold. Beauty. Well, beauty is an altogether different affair. So in art, for instance, something that you might define as beautiful might be the Mona Lisa, because over time it has sustained its beauty. It continues to accumulate in value because of what it means and what it represents, how people see it, and the fact that we desire it so. And we desire it simply because when we see it, we see ourselves in it. I had the incredible privilege many years ago, I was doing a tour of Europe and I was speaking all over Europe and one of the countries I went to was Italy. Now, as my mother would say, you can't be a good Roman Catholic boy, go to Italy and then not visit the city, the Vatican City. And so I went over to the Vatican and for those of you who don't know, you need a passport to get into the Vatican because it's actually a standalone country. So I went over to the Vatican and walked through it and it's the most beautiful, incredible, amazing experience. It, it takes you back through the eons of time. But then you walk into that great hall where Michelangelo first started doing his work with the chapel. And you look up at the ceiling and you see the hand of God as he painted it. 
and your soul stops. Your heart flutters, your gut sinks, and your blood starts pumping at twice the speed. Why? Because time is suspended. The image is beautiful. There are some of you in this conversation who remember the very first time. Yeah, in fact, it should, I hope for you, be the only time. But you remember that time when you were standing at the chapel and your partner was walking down the aisle. And you looked at them as they walked down the aisle, listening to that German hymn. Dun, dun, da dun. Dun, dun, da dun. <laughs> and as they got to you, you looked at them and time stopped. And I promise you now that regardless of where you are in that relationship, if I asked you to explain that moment, the word you would use is beautiful. Why? Because time stopped. It was suspended. You saw yourself reflected in that moment. I think one of the greatest joys you can have is the joy of stopping time, truly suspending it, and just thinking about how do you find joy and how does that joy fill your heart? How do you allow that moment to be beautiful. And the third thing about beauty is beauty is a universal truth. In other words, it exists outside of our subjective lens. You see, the difference between things that are aesthetically pleasing, let's use that word again, pretty, and things that are beautiful, it's the only things that are aesthetically pleasing, pretty, fit a culture, a moment. They tend to be contemporary, either in the look, the design, or the feel. They tend to fit a particular moment. But once something becomes beautiful, it exists outside of that moment and it has a universal truism to it. Three years ago, I was on tour speaking in Ireland and I got to stay at this beautiful castle on the northern part of Ireland. And I have to, I have to confess, I found the experience just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. And so I'm staying at this castle and they've got these beautiful lawns and um, right across the castle is this amazing 18-hole golf course. But the castle itself, I can only describe as beautiful. Because you arrive on it, and I want you to picture the scene. You drive into the grounds, and it's cobblestone with massive trees. And you drive on this pathway leading up to the castle. And then when you get there, there's this beautiful fountain. And you drive around the fountain, and you come in towards the entrance. It literally feels like you've just traveled back in time, 300 years. I want you to picture the scene, right? As you're driving in, you can hear the crackle of the cobblestone as the tires roll over them. You pull up towards the fountain and you can hear the soft splash of the water from the mouth of the fountain right into its heart. And then you pull up towards the entrance and these massive wooden doors creak open and you're being received. But you stand back and you look, and what you see is a timeless expression of beauty. Some years ago, I had the privilege of going to a friend's wedding, and this particular friend of mine is Tosa, and he was getting married in, as Tosa people call it, Eslaleni, which is the rural areas. And so we got to go into these rural areas and watch the way people live, these beautiful rondavos, this existence that has untainted by modern society and it was just beautiful so what beauty is then is also the ability to recognize not only the self in 
the inanimate object. It doesn't just exist outside of the contemporary construct of time, but it in and of itself is timeless. So that's why you can look at your mom and your dad and say they were and are beautiful. Because even though they age, yeah, and physically they change, what you mean when you say they're beautiful is you're talking about their soul. That's why you can look at the Mona Lisa, right, and say it is beautiful. Because it exists outside of time. And so what I hope for you is that you can look for more beautiful moments. You can look for more beautiful people. You can look to connect with more beautiful souls. And I think that if we tried that, tried to find more beauty in the world, then our lives actually would become that much more fulfilling. Here's a final thought for you this week. Why don't we do this? Why do we exist only at the surface level? The answer to that is actually very simple. The answer is because it's easier. It's easier to see things just as they're presented, rather than see things as we hope they could be. It's easier to see things just as they exist, rather than try to find ourselves expressed in the things that we see. And so when, often when we talk about energy and resonance and attracting things to us, the first part of the attraction process is the submission. You first have to submit to the moment. Then you attract that moment to you. <laughs> there are some people listening to this podcast who've been through endless relationships and are wondering, why can't I find love? You know why? Because love is not something you find. Love is something you are. You want love? Be love. You want to be loved? Surrender to the moment, to the person, to the feeling. Be true and honest to the experience you're having right now. Because if you want it, you have to be it. We're taught in the world that first you imagine it, then you go about achieving it, and then you become it. But that's not the way beauty works. That's not the way attraction works. First, you be. Then, you do. And then, you have. So all the things you want to have in your life, be them. You want to have happiness? Be happy. You want to have wealth? Be wealthy. And what does that mean? It means think, move, act, behave, speak, and live like a wealthy person. And there's a difference between rich and wealth, right? Rich is how much money you have in the bank. Wealth is how much happiness you have in your life. So be. If you truly want to be, be. And that's why even in the word beautiful is that word, be. So I hope for you that week, a week where you be, a week of beauty, and a week of seeing the self in others. Cheers. This podcast was proudly brought to you by My Growth Fund in partnership with Sound & Sounds Media. To partner with us, visit mygrowthfund.co.za or email info at mygrowthfund.co.za.